Okay, hey everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast where we talk about everything local and beyond. I'm John Yamasato, your host, and joining me today is Mr. Kyle Shimabukuro. How's it? Devin Nakova. Howdy. And oh man, I, I'm going to screw it up already. <laughs> Ray Evasion. Yeah. Hey. Oh, it's just one of the three options. Oh, that's a good job. We can just say Ray V. I'm Bosnian. Damn it. I, I thought it's good. Bayesian or Bosnian. Dang it. By the way, I want to go on record before we even start officially. Okay. All right. As saying this is not the seat I'm supposed to be in, but Kyle made me move. <laughs> and I'm a little bit. Devin, Devin's I'm a little saying. bit more. Um, camera friendly than i am so i thought it would be better to stick them well, up front you know well by the next podcast hopefully we'll be either in the new studio or we'll have a different setup with the tables it's pretty much gonna stuff. be exactly like this though it's gonna be exactly like this again yeah oh i'm just saying why don't you guys switch i i, I never had to nothing. i never had to be this close before and only now get get ready because that's how it's gonna be in our new studio i i see you guys wrestle <laughs> and we put it on um <laughs> The, get more viewers that YouTube, way. Yeah. Right. Wrestling at weight class. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Devin right. outweighs me by like 30 pounds. We'll, we'll figure it out. Not. We will, we will figure it out. How heavy are you? I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, All right. Well, you're like, you're not 140 pounds. I don't like say. Yeah, all, right, see? all right. Before we begin, let me remind our listeners of the ways they can stay in touch with the show. There's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. You can go to SoundCloud, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts and download the podcast. And finally, you can email us at highsessions at yahoo.com if you need to get in touch with us for anything. If you'd like to help the show and get more music on the channel, please go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and donate. There you will be more involved with the show and help to determine who and what is filmed. would like to thank Alice, who is our... 80th patron. Nice. Woo. Thanks, Alice. Thank you, Thank Alice. Thank you, Alice. Thank you for being our 80th patron. Plus, um, you know, I had the greatest experience last week because we had someone who listens to the podcast reach out and uh, contact me. Sorry. No problem. <laughs> and um, I'd like to send a shout out to Chris and uh, Jackie who came in and we had lunch together. Oh, really? Yeah, just to hang out. You know, they, they listen to the podcast and they really like the podcast. And so they reached out and said, oh, we're going to be in town. Why does everybody always have lunch with John? Yeah. They don't have well, lunch with us. Well, there, there, there's podcast. reasons for that, which I'll explain. But, but, um, <laughs> yeah. But so this it, is going to be personal in nature. But shout out to Chris and Jackie for, for hanging hey, out with me Chris the other day. And it was, Jackie, it was a lot of we fun. don't feel left out at all. Enjoy <laughs> your guys' stay. Next, next time, <laughs> next time we will, we'll have you all there. We'll have you all there. There's all not right. going to be a next time you watch. There will be a next time. There's always a next time. <laughs> so if you want to, yeah, if you want to email me at high sessions at yahoo.com and go have lunch one day, feel free. Wow. He's putting it out there. Yeah. Are you brave, man? Wow. Course, we'll bring Devin and or Kyle. <laughs> you talk to your wife about this one? Cause, you know, no, no. I, I feel like saying. it's good to reach out to people that, you know. That's nice to see you, John. And they knew all about the podcast, the characters who we've had on. and Characters? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the different guests and stuff like that. <laughs> people so, with costumes on? Or they really liked uh, Kulike and, and your um, bio, uh, marine biologist friend. Um, her name is escaping my brain right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, they... they they, they like, like the podcast. So. Well, oh, cool. Ray has oh, cool. been on our podcast before in the beginning days when yes. we didn't yeah. know what we were doing. Yeah. And before he was a big wig. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so a lot has happened. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. Okay. Am I the first uh, like follow-up? No, no we, we had a few, yeah. We had a couple. Okay. Like yeah. Mila Gibson has been on a couple Sean. of times. Let's let's Kelly make Boy. him feel less important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not that, not that special, man. You could have lied, man. We could have lied. He didn't know. You could have said, "Oh, dude, you were the first one we wanted to have on again." Absolutely. That, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. You're that special. You blew it already. <laughs> we blew it already. <laughs> wait, wait. Before before we get on with Ray, let me finish my. Oh, uh, hey, oh, and don't forget uh, five stars on the ratings if you can. If if not, then don't worry about it. We never had this conversation about the yeah. rating. Uh, Kupu Kupu Landscaping, thank you, Landscape Woo! Architects. They are, um, they can do everything. Yes, I just met can. with Kevin the other day at another house. He's See, at look, dude, he meets with everybody. Well, it's, I mean, a special one. There, I there was a need for landscaping, one. right? And then, of course, Fort Ruger Market, our sponsor, and they provided us with some wonderful poopoos yes. uh, yep. here. And uh, so thank you to Fort Ruger Market. You can find Devin at Kumu94.7, highlifeclothing.com for uh, Kyle. And we have Ray Ray here. And last time Ray was here, 
he was pitching himself or he was interviewing to become oh, the, the president of the Surfrider Foundation. And here we are and almost then? two years later, president of the Surfrider Yay. Foundation. Congratulations. Congratulations oh, thank you. Yeah. Now, he is, uh, besides being the president of the Surfrider Foundation, the reason why he got on my radar was because my daughter was doing this, you know, environmental impact group at school. And we started going out to the beaches and doing cleanups. Mm -hmm. And I just started noticing all this plastic all over the beaches, especially on the windward side of the island. And I thought, well, I wanted to talk about this on the podcast and find a little bit more. And Ray was recommended. So he came in and he did a whole podcast about the plastics. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But Ray invented a machine that separates plastic from organic matter so they've been using it um to try to get the plastic out of the sand and stuff like that uh but people are always amazed at how much plastic is in the sand that you don't even see yeah yeah because it's it's, uh microplastics now so just like um everything it breaks down in just tiny little pieces Mm -hmm. of plastic in the sand now and it's uh it's not good so since a year and a half ago since we first talked about that no it's been that long it's been a little over a year now yeah really because you got to think the whole year from uh covid yeah it was pre-covid yeah yeah yeah. that's right i didn't think about that this was we covid wasn't even on the radar when we interviewed the first time yeah so how has things changed and moved forward since then for you (laughs) things have changed in many ways man um so the last time I was on here was the day after I was actually voted and elected into the chairman or president's position for Surfrider. Wow. Um, so, yeah, still like in that seat. Love what, uh, what Surfrider does, what I've been doing with them. Um, my time is almost up. It's like a two year stint for each one. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah. So, my two years is going to be up in, uh, I think, November. And then we're like changing over, doing like official. Um, like voting for new people to take over different positions. But besides Surfrider work, um, it was shortly after our podcast, I got recognized by the state and the Senate of Hawaii um, for the work that I'm doing with Lucas and Sophia Magel. Oh, okay. Um, so their award that they got, I was there with it, um, with them. And that was just really cool. Uh, kind of like a highlight moment of my life. Uh being recognized in that way with all the other senators and in the Senate building. Um, and that was for your work with uh, environmental stuff and for the plastic it, invention and all that stuff. Correct, yeah, for the inventions, um, for the work with like the community, and then for just helping uh, yeah, the youth. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was for, for those things. Um, and then it was, it was that day when I feel like COVID had just started happening because I remember standing there. Nobody was wearing masks or anything yet. But nobody was shaking my hand. All the senators were just fist bumping me. I was like, like, what is going on? I was like, this is weird. Like, why aren't we shaking hands? And a couple of them were still shaking, you know. But uh, it was like a few days later then I made that connection. Like, oh, this is because of, like, COVID. But we were still all, like, taking photos and around each other. um, And there was no mask. But just that, that, you know, that starting phase where it's like, (laughs) okay, maybe if we don't shake hands, people won't get sick. So we'll just, like, fist bump. Um, But, yeah, after that, let's see. Um... Still been doing work with different... That was a weird time. So that was like March or something? That was at the beginning of March, yeah. Yeah, because I remember I was in Las Vegas when it first started mm-hmm. happening. And it was like, every, you know, trying to sanitize your hands no matter what you touched. And it's already dry in Vegas, so my hands are getting all like crackling and stuff like <laughs> that. And it's like, Jesus Christ, is this what we're going to have to do for the next month? I thought this will be over in a <laughs> month. Two weeks for us. And here we are a year and a half later, like, Jesus but yeah well what i was and i think what kyle is kind of talking about was you know the whole world shut down right Mm -hmm. and um i know that there were a couple of studies but with everybody just sheltering in place did that make any impact at all on the environment or the plastics or was it just nobody was going out to clean it so it got worse or how 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 is the things have changed in that aspect since the last time we've talked uh, I can't give any like scientific facts on the good and the bad that happened, but I know from like my work's standpoint with Surfrider and with Seed, uh, it negatively impacted what we were doing the, for the community and for helping people because we couldn't go uh, out anymore. Yeah. We couldn't yeah. do these things. Yeah. We couldn't uh. clean up in the same way. And uh, 
the way that we impact and help the most is by working with the community, working with people, talking about issues, having our like public meetings, um, and just kind of like gathering together with people and continuing to raise awareness and all of that stuff. We couldn't do that anymore. We couldn't go out and do cleanups anymore. Mm. Uh, Couldn't go to schools and do like education Mm. or yeah, education outreach. Uh, So everything in that way was impacted. And I was still going uh, up to Kahuku and Kailua and doing cleanups. Um, but I didn't see any of, again, like the Hawaii debris. It's not like I was finding masks on the beach mm. or gloves or things like that. Um, you find those more like Waikiki town side, but none of that stuff was washing up on our shore. It was still a lot of the stuff from far, far away, uh, or the fishing oh, industry. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, I know there's been like, I've seen a couple of videos online of like mass washing the shore and gloves and other stuff, but, uh, I'm not sure how else it impacted the environment. I know they were talking about, like, in Venice, how because people weren't traveling anymore and there weren't as many boats, like, the dolphins were coming back into the yeah, canals and other, like, aquatic that. life was coming back. Even when um, Hanuma Bay was... Yeah, Hanuma yeah, yeah, yeah. Bay got real clean. Yeah. Um, and Waikiki. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look <laughs> this whole place. It's hard to think Waikiki clean, but yeah. <laughs> well, that's what's funny is, I mean, in the year and a half since we've seen you, we went to shut down... Things supposedly got a little bit better, and now that it's you're like, coming back, it on. It, it's on again. Mm-hmm. And the tourists are back in droves at Hanuma Bay. They are jumping off of rocks. They are <laughs> grabbing turtles. <laughs> They're grabbing Rats turtles. Hitting. They're doing all kinds of stuff. And I just go, wow, yeah. we're sorry. We feel like it's our fault. Mm-hmm. We bring you on, and then there's COVID. And then we bring you back, and all of a sudden, COVID is surging <laughs> yeah. again, and there's all this crazy stuff happening. Was Surfrider kind of involved with? The, I know they're trying to well, educate well, let, the people and stuff like let, that. Let's back up a little bit and and maybe because you know to be honest, I've heard of Surfrider because of the commercials they used to run in the nineties. Okay, Surfrider Foundation, Save the Ocean. You know, because I used to watch surfing TV shows and stuff like that. But can you explain for our audience what Surfrider is and what you do and kind of your main. Um, points of what what you're trying to is there's conservation education and just legislation or mm-hmm. you know whatever just go over that real quick so that we can get an idea okay and then kyle we'll, we'll ask the question okay again. totally <laughs> um so surfrider foundation started in 1984 i believe in san diego with just a couple surfer dudes who noticed uh that there was a lot of wastewater just getting dumped into the ocean they wanted oh. to make change about it and so they started surfrider uh i've been with Surfrider for about four years now. Our mission is the protection and enjoyment of the world's oceans, waves, and beaches for all people through a powerful uh, activist network. So everyone that works for Surfrider is a volunteer. We don't get paid for any of this. Um, I'm working usually around like 15 to 20 hours a week, um, just donating. And that's all of us again. Um, and we do Thank everything. Most people think Surfrider is just a, a beach cleanup. That's kind of like what we're most recognized for but we do so much more than that uh we have our ocean friendly garden in kakaako that's an eleven thousand square foot garden that uh, provides wastewater retention and stormwater runoff and then provides food security for uh, the local houseless community and other people around that area we have our ocean friendly restaurant program which is the second largest out of uh, all the chapters uh, in the nation and going back surfrider we have over 180 chapters globally it started off again wow. something really small uh, and has grown internationally um, with chapters in japan australia europe and then obviously out here uh, but our ocean friendly restaurant program was so effective that i don't know if you've heard of bill 40 or ordinance 1930 where we're getting rid of all single-use plastic uh in the food industry so <laughs> yeah this stuff here uh so because of all of the restaurants that we had uh, on board that we're practicing uh, these sustainable practices, um, we were able to lobby and get this bill passed that's the single largest phase-out bill in the nation. Hmm. Um, so it was a really big step forward, and that was, again, done through Surfrider, through Sustainable Coastline, Sierra Club, like several different organizations out here. Um, so yeah, Ocean Friendly Garden, Ocean Friendly Restaurants. We have our policy and legislative work, like I was saying, dealing with bills, um, different legislators. Our beach protection, so making sure that people have access to the beaches. Uh, if somebody's trying to make their section of beach private, um, doing it illegally, like 
people in Kailua do that all the time in Lanikai, yeah. trying to like or say this is this is our beach, yeah. like you can't come here. Like no, this is still public, public access. Public land. Um, there was a guy at Pico that was doing that. Yeah. I, sh- I should have called you. People are entitled. Have this weird entitlement because he's building a house and then he would block off the access. What oh, Pico Drive? Yeah, Pico. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the the, um, the beach access? Yeah. Wow. So Why? To, I mean, you could still get to the beach, but you had to walk all the way around. And if you tried to walk through it, like he'd like give you the stink eye and really? don't co- don't come to your construction zone. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I'd invite all my friends and bust them in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, sorry, tangent. <clears throat> uh, was. We also do our Blue Water Task Force program, where we have a, a team of a scientists that work through University of Hawaii, where we go and collect water samples. Uh, different ocean samples around the island and we're testing for fecal contaminants and other bacteria and then we then send that information out to the state and then publish it on our social media handles just to let people know hey it's safe or it's not safe to go in the water here Uh, dude you guys do a lot of stuff we do rise above plastics which is more again education outreach and just awareness on plastic pollution and yeah, How many I think, other things? I yeah, think yeah. that's, that's all, <laughs> almost all the wickets. Um, we do a lot. Yeah, it's not, again, just beach cleanups. We're doing so much for the community here, um, for the people, for the land. That's awesome. So, yeah. so Kyle, sorry. Go back to you. Do you remember your question? I kind of do, but I don't think it's in his wheelhouse for the Surfrider Foundation. But I was just wondering, were you guys at any part um, with the education of tourists to tell them not to pit? Wildlife. <laughs> we weren't a part of that, of. but we've been advocating for a while to try and get, um, in the same way you have to do an agricultural declaration form, you have to do an environmental sustainable like awareness form. Um, yeah. That's just educating people on how small our, our ecosystem is and how fragile it is and how when you're coming here and traveling, you have to be respectful of that, be respectful of the locals, be respectful of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, don't touch the seals. Don't screw around with the turtles. Don't litter. I'm just um, amazed at people who go up to like monk seals and stuff, because they're not. I mean, they look cute, dude. They're pretty cute, but they can <laughs> they can f you up if you go and well, touch yeah. them. And are you like, are you mean? really confused by how like ignorant people are? We have Tide Pod challenges and all yeah, these I other guess. dumb <laughs> things that society <laughs> does. Guys like, climbing on milk crates we, now. Yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah, the yeah. new one <laughs> going so on. That's, that's the newest one, the milk crate challenge. <laughs> but yeah, but like, I don't know, man. If I was in a another country and i saw any kind of mammal like even if it was a ferret or something i don't think i'd go up and touch it yeah right and this thing is at least as big as us Mm. and yeah i don't know well there are pretty stupid people (laughs) there's a common trend with it too you don't see the japanese tourists or (laughs) korean tourists that are Mm, doing this the others yeah can't imagine just the mainland (laughs) american tourists (laughs) wonder really smart ones Yeah. <laughs> hey so, Marge, hey Marge, check it out. <laughs> I'm one of them things. <laughs> Let's touch it. Yeah, that's that's always been nuts to me. Yeah. Okay, so what would you say, in your opinion, would be? Because it, it was interesting when you talk about this. The guys from San Diego, their big thing was wastewater, right? Wastewater running into the oceans. I think a lot of that has been. Um, I mean, it's probably a lot better since the '80s. You know the the way that they process that kind of stuff. So what would you say is kind of the main concern now? Would it be um, overfishing, plastics? I know they're all they're all concerns, but where, where would you come down if, if you had to like uh, put this in a in a top ten, not top ten, top three list? Our top one is with Surfriders definitely uh, around plastic pollution awareness on it and okay. using more sustainable options. And then also empowering people through civics. So learning that you do have like a voice and you have power with that voice and with your ability to vote um, and enact bills and uh, vote in legislators who are going to do the positive work that you want to see done. So um, doing more work in that way, empowering people and educating them more on what they can do, I think is a, a big shift that we're trying to go towards because that's how the big change is going to happen, right? Mm. We can talk about things, we can try and raise awareness, but if we don't have those people in the positions that are actually going to make the change, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, you want to give props to any uh, legislators that you guys have been working, working with that have been, done some good stuff? I don't, I don't have any specifically. <laughs> uh, Tommy Waters does uh, a lot of good work. Um, well, he's he a surfer helped. too. That guy's a, that guy's a waterman. 
So. Yeah, he helped yeah. Uh, us again with Bill Forty getting passed. He came out to Surfrider. We had a big cleanup at Diamond Head where we removed, I think it was like 1,800-something pounds of debris Jeez. from Diamond Head. It was wow. one of the Diamond largest Head? largest oh, halls. That was that the ones in the, in the bushes and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Huge oh, houseless oh, problem the over there. Yeah. there. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of rugs, clothes. Yeah. Um, you, you know what's interesting? Ever items. since this podcast, not only do i think about plastics in the in the ocean sense but i have noticed like you know if you just walk around town and you look at the sidewalks there's all kinds of like plastic stuff just it's not just in the water mm. it's like on the street and in the, it eventually gets in the water yeah it eventually problem, gets right? in the water but like there's all kinds of stuff like you know dorito bags and toys and just plastic stuff all over the, the ground you know yeah yeah oh shoot i had a i had a question but it slipped my brain you guys say something. I'm going to think. I'm talking about <laughs> other senators. Joy Manahan, he's another good one. He actually wrote uh, Bill 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he made sure that there was very few or like no loopholes in it. It, uh, it yeah. seemed like Bill 40 moved very quickly to through. If he got, you know, and one day we were like carrying it on a plastic bag and the next day it was gone kind of mm-hmm. thing. Was it a lengthy process to even get to that point before it became what it is? Yes, it was. This is something uh, that people in the environmental community, I think, have been working over a decade to try mm. uh, and get passed. And so it's just been rewritten, rewritten over and over again. Um, but again, think with Joey Manahan, Tommy Waters, and a few others working together uh, to help get this passed and to actually have the, the verbiage of everything. Um, be like professional or whatever uh, <laughs> with them uh, doing that is what helped it pass so fast yeah, and yeah. while it did come at us kind of like quick uh, it was I think in 2019 when it officially got like passed over and like okay it uh, won the Senate and then the first portion of it getting enacted was April 2020 Mm. Um, and then that was just a few things like the plastic bags no more like plastic straws supposed to be paper straws so having restaurants make these small changes and then next year January uh, 2022 excuse me uh, are we in 2021 right now yeah yeah. 2020 was like such a lost year you (laughs) just forget anyways uh, 2022 is when there's no longer any of like these plastic containers, no more styrofoam, no more bags. What's the solution going to be for that? So there's several different options available from uh, recycled paper pulp that you can see. Like some places you already see it. It's almost like a cardboard type of material. Some of them work and some of them don't. Some do and don't, yeah. And that's where you've just got to find like the right business um, that's doing it. Sustainable Island Products is uh, a good one. Again, that's like a, a local business out here. And then there's also can't remember the other business uh, well let me let me ask you this because i think i've brought this up on this podcast <laughs> is this your boba problem is no this the, is this a straw thing? this is my, my hatred Eco-plastic for, for oh, paper straws, paper straws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah mcdonald's has a what looks to be a plastic straw mm. but they say that it's not a plastic straw or it's like it's biodegradable, biodegradable yeah. or something like that is that <laughs> true <laughs> This is uh, a huge problem that we're having right now when we're with us trying to transition to more sustainable options and doing things more environmentally friendly as you have. Dang it. You have businesses that do what's called greenwashing. So making themselves seem like they're doing something that's environmentally friendly or sustainable, but in reality, it's just as bad. It's not doing anything really to help us with our plastic pollution problem. Because while these items will say that they are biodegradable or that they're compostable um, there's a lot of loopholes that they're able to use with them saying biodegradable it's biodegradable in 25 years yeah it's it's only it's biodegradable <laughs> say the they use these different uh, phthalates or different additives when they're making the plastic to where a small percentage of that straw will break down and degrade yeah but the rest of it isn't uh, going to. So only a certain portion of it is biodegradable, but they can say that it's biodegradable. Just like on juices, you'll see made from 100% juice. And then you look on the back, it's like 2% fruit juice. And then the rest is yeah. whatever else, you know? Mm. So they can do that. Uh, if it says it's compostable, most of these items are only compostable if it's in an industrial composting facility that we don't have here in Hawaii and very few states and places in the world actually have. Uh, and on top of that, it's created this huge problem with waste 
because which trash bin would you put it in? The black, blue, or the green? That biodegradable straw? Yeah. I would put it in the blue. Yeah? Where would you put it? I think most people would put it in the blue. <laughs> yeah. So most people think, oh, it's plastic. I'm going to put it in the blue. But it's also compostable. So would I put it in the green? Because that's where like green waste is. going to break down. Um, or just go black. The, the option that you're supposed to put it in is your black bin. Because if you put it in blue with recyclables, it's not recyclable. Here in Hawaii, we only recycle plastics number one and two. If you put anything else in there, then it's just clogging up the system, and then it gets thrown away anyways. So, yeah, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Blue bin, right? Mm. Everybody has the misconception of putting in the wrong thing. Mm. But one wrong thing in there in an entire bin could ruin that whole bin from being recycled. Correct. It ends up in a dump. Correct. Oh, I didn't know It goes know to that. H power yeah. and it gets burned. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times, you know, when we, when we think we're doing something good for the environment, we have no clue that we're just not doing anything at all. So big. <sighs> So basically, like, 90% of everything is just going to go to H-Power and get burned because nobody knows. Like, I remember we did this with the kids at the school where they're, like, they gave us a bunch of plastic. And it's like, which one is plastics one and two? And which ones are three, four, and five? And, like, it's almost impossible to tell the difference unless you know what the little codes are. And I don't yeah. think anybody goes through and reads through all those codes yeah. before they throw it in the blue bin. And if you get one of those wrong and they throw away the whole bunch, then they're probably throwing away almost everything. Yeah. Another problem here in Hawaii with us saying that like we're recycling or um, we are recycling our waste is we don't have a recycling facility here on island. So what we're doing with all of our waste is we're shipping it to mm. some other country. We're yep. shipping it to the mainland. And then you got to think about the carbon offsets that are being used for us to ship it to wherever else. And then how much energy is being put into us actually recycling that material if it's being recycled. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so is much, it, I mean, there's so much worth of it? It that's that's floating around, right? And there are actual countries going, no, 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 we can't take any more of your trash. Stopped, yeah. And then you got to figure out where it goes after oh, that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a it's been a big problem. Well, well, the thing about the trash and the plastics coming here, and you you were saying a lot of it is fishing and from other countries and stuff like that. So that's a tough part because I think I said this on the last podcast. I've seen videos of different most countries do not have the waste system that we have and as bad as we think we are if you look at a lot of uh underdeveloped countries i mean a lot of their trash just goes on the ground or in a hole somewhere and when Mm -hmm. the rains come it just gets lifted up and sorry devin i know that i know i'm a squeaky chair (laughs) you know everything just gets washed right into the ocean and you know out out it goes yeah i mean more, more so than here and so um you know, how do you stop that? But is that part of your what you've been doing with the Sri Lanka? Um, maybe? With Sri Lanka, this was uh, another issue um, not to do with recycling. So there was this large uh, shipping vessel that was coming from. Uh, oh, I think I heard about this. I don't remember which country it was coming from, but it was somewhere in Asia. And they were carrying all sorts of crazy random items like they had. 186 tons of oil, 86 tons of plastic pellets, uh, crazy amount of nitric acid, urea, uh, used lithium batteries, used uh, battery cells, like all sorts of... On that boat. On this one ship, uh, it was transporting this stuff. And yeah, it's the ship was like three football fields long, Sheesh. like a football field wide. It's a massive, you know, Where did it come vessel. from? I forget which country it uh, was coming from. Um, By the way, urea is pee. Yes, it is. Right? Uh, you can okay. use it for just make it sure. yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. That's not good. So it's yeah. just all... Just a crazy mix of... Yeah, loaded all that crap stuff. on a boat and just sent it afloat and to, to some place to dump it? It was supposed... Not to dump it. It was supposed to go somewhere. Um, and again, <laughs> I, I should have done more like research before because I forget the country that it was coming from where it was supposed to go. But It wasn't us, though. No, it wasn't coming to us. Okay. No, um, but it wasn't us <laughs> putting it on the ship. And no, okay. No, it was uh, again somewhere in, in Asia. Um, don't remember again of which country. <laughs> but they were traveling, and one of their uh, big shipping containers was leaking something, and it was smoking, and it was the nitric acid. So this, they had an acid leak on their ship. So they needed to come into a port somewhere and take care of this issue. They tried going into India. India couldn't take them. So then they came over to Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka couldn't take them for like this issue um, because it's nitric acid. While it will um, 
dissipate in water uh, over like a large enough volume of water and enough time, um, it's still very toxic. It's still like mm-hmm. an acid. Anything within close proximity is going to be affected by it. Um, so they didn't want it in their port, so they were sending the ship off. Uh, and it was just like, I think, nine miles off the coast. Like the people were still able to see the ship, you know, from the Sri Lanka coast. It ended up uh, catching fire because this mm-hmm. nitric acid burnt its way through, got into like the, the engine area, um, caught everything Dang. on fire. And for two weeks, this ship just burned out at sea. Did anybody die? Uh, I don't think anyone died from it. No, they were actually able to get everyone off of the ship. Um, and it was a small crew of like people that were working on it. But it took two weeks for the ship to finally sink. And this whole time, you know, there's like they're bringing ships out there and trying to put out the fires with like hoses and stuff. But it's not doing anything. It's just burning. Um, and it finally sinks. And when it sinks, I've got like photos on like my Instagram and on the oh. website showing it. Um, and you can see all like the chemicals coming out. Oh my god. The the chemicals are bad, but again, like my work with plastic, there was 86 tons of plastic pellets or nurdles. And a nurdle is about the size of a lentil. And each nurdle weighs less than a gram. And there's 86 tons of this stuff. So we're talking millions of tiny little plastic pellets to where there's photos of their beaches. And we're talking feet thick of plastic pellets that have just washed up on their shores. They've got the turtles, dolphins, whales, uh, fish that are washing ashore dead with chemical burns on their bodies. Oh, my God. Their stomach's full of plastic. Their gills mm. are, like, full of plastics, too. Is um, this still happening? or is This it- is still an issue that's going on right now. So I found out about this issue um, because somebody reached out to, my, reached out to me um, and was talking about how bad this problem is, and they're struggling removing the material because they're removing so much sand other stuff too and somebody saw my videos um that we had created and uh yeah they just wanted to know how to make a system of their own so i worked with uh this organization called the ikamutha foundation um we created uh our buoyancy separation devices out there and they've been using it to uh, remove like the plastics and to help out there so it was again like a tragic thing that is still going on and it's going to be an issue for a very long time oh man um yeah the now, do you guys think that this was this boat was an anomaly, or do you think that there are other ones out there doing the same thing, just traveling around with all this stuff in it that they're looking for somebody to dump it? I'm sure, yeah, there's other ships like that. And I don't know, again, if the, the ship was going out to just dump the material at sea or what it was doing, because the, the nurdles were their virgin plastic pellets. So that's what comes straight from, uh, like, the manufacturing plant. Once they take the crude oil... And they put it through almost uh, it's like a distillation chamber, and they separate it out to make like gasoline, to make plastics, to make uh, other products. And it makes these nurdles. It's just a it's a virgin plastic that then is used to create all sorts of different items. So then they send these huge sacks of these little pellets to a company, and then they melt it down. They add in their different additives, colors, whatever, and then they make their product. So it was all oh, the pellets. Yes. Mm-hmm. So these plastics hadn't been used in yet so i don't think they were going out dumping it unless it's someone who's just a crazy anarchist and just wants to just pollute crazy Mm. plastics uh all over the world but um the oil the nitric acid all that other stuff i don't i don't know what its purpose was i didn't look further into where it was going what a nightmare man yeah that's so crazy you know thinking about this and i always have this question maybe maybe you can answer it as of right now in japan fukushima is still leaking Mm -hmm. right Mm mm-hmm I mean, what's the status on it so far? What is the effect of it so far that you guys know that the rest of the world doesn't even know or nobody's telling us about? Uh, I don't know. Even there's a lot of, uh, I guess, like hush hush around it or yeah, just not it talking like it, right? about it. We don't want to kind of like look at all the people that moving back. Happening. Look, the animals are back. I'm yeah, like, yeah, but they got like five legs. I don't know if that's really. <laughs> well, I was I just concerned cool. about our own. F- fish that we consume mm, from yeah. there you know like, yeah. because I mean, it's yeah. japan is japan i mean the fish go around them yeah. swim around you know and people catch they don't it, go oh so. we can't go there that's yeah, yeah. there's no fence there to go yeah. you can't go right here you know well that's like a joe rogan the guy was saying the birds right they travel and they eat the seeds from there mm-hmm. and then they travel and they poop radioactive <laughs> seeds all over the place so. oh no way yeah 
Okay. That's what he was well. saying. So he said it doesn't just stay in Fukushima, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, good times. It's a real feel-good podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. But it is so... There is some good from it. We're so happy you're here. Okay, wait. All these things are happening. So, I mean... Give us some good news. So, with that whole Sri Lanka issue again, like, the it wasn't just one person. Multiple people from Sri Lanka reached out and wanted to create their own system. They just were... They needed help because fishing is their main source of livelihood for these people. Mm, yeah. it, is like a, it is a third world country. Uh, so they provide or they rely on fish for their food and then for their source of income. Um, and not being able to do that, the people are hurting. So the more I learned about it and talked to people over there, um, asked about different organizations. Uh, I found this organization called Spread a Little Love that does a lot of work with uh, less fortunate people over there in Sri Lanka. Um, I had just done with a friend, uh, it was like a, an art auction, and I had gotten $750 from it, and I was like, you know what, I'll just use this to give to the people um, and help mm. them over there. And I was like, no, I'll take it one step further, and I started a fundraising campaign. Um, we've raised close to $4,000 right now that's going towards these people, and we worked it to where for every $25 that we earn, we're able to provide a family of four with enough food, um, cleaning, and hygiene supplies for 10 days. So. It's a decent amount. Um, again, I think we're right now with the funds that we have, it's over like 180 families that we're able to provide for. Uh, so some good that came from it. Like there's still the plastic well, pollution problem, but we're helping over here, there. Here's the, the, the silver lining is that out of tragedies sometimes like this, you get innovation because people focus you know, narrowly on a well, problem, you, you right? You get awareness. Mm-hmm. Awareness, right. But then, you know, there's probably some smart person out there that's just as smart as Ray who's going to invent some other contraption that maybe can do this on a large scale or something like that that then comes back to help us with our problem, right? Huh? So maybe. that would be... Never know. I mean, you know, you think about this COVID thing we've been dealing with for a year and you talk about the vaccines. It got done so quickly because everyone just started focusing their attention on covid immediately mm-hmm. right yeah so mm-hmm. similarly i think um a lot of people well unless you talk to the anti-people well yeah <laughs> but but i mean they uh, may have something to say about that theory john <laughs> a few things yeah <laughs> yes i'm sure there's people that disagree with that statement but, but you know just, I, we just wanted to be even handed <laughs> about it but uh but yeah you know like maybe because i don't think people understand like i didn't know about i've lived here my whole life and it's not all the beaches the beach is just like how it was when I was there until I physically went there and I saw all this plastic and it was just like blown away when you, you guys know? started doing your metal detecting and you realized hey no more metal it's all plastic. yeah it's all plastic <laughs> our, our podcast was when you had just gotten your metal detector because yeah. you were talking about <laughs> which is intro. which is rusting away in his house now because neither <laughs> two guys use the thing I don't even to be honest I don't even know where my metal detector went <laughs> mine's right there all, all dusty <laughs> on the patio uh, yeah I, I went through I, all that went through all that they haven't since we talked about it which is like a year and a half mm-hmm. ago I don't think they've been back that's fine <laughs> yeah hey um, I meant to ask you though you know uh, with everything shutting down for COVID and now that things have opened up a little bit um, with us with regards to the beach cleanups and stuff were you able to start that again is it because now again we're starting to shut well, things it's down outside. a little bit. Well, starting tomorrow, we're shutting things down again. Yeah, where it's yeah. just 10 so and 25. So are you guys just sort of sitting there and going, okay, how are we going to do this? Because I, I hate to think that you'd be shutting down after just sort of starting again. Yeah. Um, so we are having to, Surfrider, myself, a lot of other organizations, we're having to stop because it's not mm. worth the fine and our insurances aren't going to cover us. You know, yeah. we can get dropped if mm. we do get in trouble for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have to stop, unfortunately. But wow. uh, Seed, we were the first uh, organization or the first people to rally a cleanup uh, after we had like started having like events. So me and a bunch of buddies, we were hanging out, and it's just like, okay, people are coming back out again, we're getting vaccinated, things are getting like better. Mm. Let's just do a cleanup. Like it wasn't legal yet, but people were still having functions. There were kind of like concerts coming back. Um, it was a huge event. We had over 200 people show up. Wow. Um, this was at uh, Kalama's Beach in Kailua. And we had talked about it on a Wednesday. Thursday, I reached out to a bunch of like businesses in Kailua. And then that Saturday, we had the cleanup. So it just everybody's social media pushed yeah. it out. And it ended up being this like huge event. It was really cool. And then after that, yeah, all the other... How long ago was that? 
I'm not sure when that was. I can look it up real quick. I That's imagine right. with all the influx of tourists lately in Kailua, that yeah. beach must needed a clean up, right? Yeah, and it, it always needs it. Yeah. And do we, you find do you find now that it's um, it's more about the social media reach than it is about advertising or doing any of that kind of stuff? Because I mean, two hundred people of just going, hey. Beach yeah. cleanup. We're gonna do this over yeah. here and sending it on, getting two hundred people. That's amazing. Yeah, you don't need advertisement as much if you can have a positive impact on social media because people are sharing it on their stories or yeah. sending it yeah. to people, tagging yeah. people. Yeah. Um, that's free advertisement. Uh, so yeah, just. So do you have a bait? I mean, uh, just for people, you know, if they plan to do something like this, um, I mean, as idea to just find you guys and say, okay, we're gonna send it out to everybody that we know. Not that you can do it right now, but um, I mean, is that sort of because people sometimes they want to do stuff like this, right? Mm. Um, they think about it. They go, "Okay, I, I want to do a beach cleanup. Uh, I don't know how to do it." Uh, they talk to like five people, and then they get five, well, three people that show up. Whereas you guys do it, and they get two hundred people to show up. Is the idea that try to reach out to you guys first? Is the idea that you know? Is there some sort of grassroots thing that they can do? Um, or they can think about it in a certain way that'll help them um, have that kind of a reach. Hmm. Hope that question makes sense. Sorry. Some, some of it, yeah. Uh, well, there's like 808 cleanups, right? Yes, that and that, that's what I was thinking of plugging. Is okay. they're they're always encouraging people to go out and do your own solo cleanups mm-hmm. and to help mm-hmm. log the data. Um, that then helps like the island track like how much material, what type of material is coming yeah. in. Um, but reaching out to other organizations is great, but I always encourage people to just, if you want to help, just do it. Yeah. You don't need to wait for somebody else. Um, I do post it on again, like social media and we have a calendar on our website. It's where people can see like the next cleanups, but, uh, where, where would be the place that would need the most help on this Island? Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I was a kid, Anakuli was pretty bad. Dude, the, the whole island, there's just different pockets, you know, that yeah. need it. You go over, like, Makua on West Side, and that place, because of the houseless community that's over there, that, oh. that spot's gnarly, you know, and, like, yeah. you can be picking up for hours. You go... Hall Bush. Yeah, you go Waikiki, um, Alamoana area, same thing at, like, the park or the beach. Mm. Um, because I found that, you know, my I go to Makapu, um, that side, a lot, Waimanalo, and it's, it varies. Because, like, sometimes there'll be, I guess onshore winds or something and then there's plastic and then sometimes I go and there's barely anything to pick up yeah you know as far as I, I know that there's stuff in the sand but I don't have the machine or anything so I but I just try to go around and pick up what I can but sometimes it's actually not too bad but it's it because the tide the, came and took it to t- some other beach yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what it is usually yeah. Yeah. yeah so okay so anywhere anywhere yeah the if you're wanting to deal with marine debris and like plastics that are coming from the ocean the the best spot would be up in Kahuku. Um, either going to Kahuku Golf Course and then walking out to the beach. Uh, mm-hmm. Or if you go up to Turtle Bay and then walk south. Um, those are always like heavy hot spots of plastic. And you can get like full buoys, big barrels. It's just barrels. the tide and the winds just wow. kind of hit that place. Yeah, so the... Do you think uh, Turtle Bay has like a crew that they send out to clean at least in front of their... Because they wouldn't want the plastic in front of their thing, right? It, uh, establishment. They might have uh, either like machine or people that go out and clean it, but because of the way that that little cove and bay is, like yep. right at that peak, everything washes uh, in. It doesn't. No, they really don't get the plastics there in oh. that bay. It goes just south. So there's a kind of like a, a point that's just a little bit further south of uh, Turtle Bay that kind of catches everything and then pulls it all in. Mm-hmm. So there's not as much that goes into the actual bay compared to. Just a little further south. You know where you get choke rubbish? <laughs> we fish on we fish on Sand Island outside and on the islands off reef runway. Mm-hmm. And the marine debris that just gets caught up in the mangroves in that Stuck island in there. over there. It oh, is the mangroves. unreal. It's like a garbage dump on those islands. Mm-hmm. Refrigerators. Boats. Oh, big items. Yeah, because before the homeless used to live in the mangroves before they chopped it all down recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you flew recently, but when you fly over those islands, you used to see mangroves and stuff. Yeah. They chopped it all down. So all the homeless camps and mm. all the rubbish over there just, you know, was piling up in, inside of mine rooms mm. before. Yikes. So you'd see, like, abandoned boats, floats, any kind of stuff, you know, in there. It's it's a mess. And it still is. I just went there, like, uh, last month. You, you're fishing among rubbish. Really? On those islands, yeah. That's dirty. 
Because nobody, nobody's going down there to clean it up. Let, let me ask you a question. Okay. If I were um, Mark Zuckerberg, okay, and I gave Surfrider Foundation $10 million to just hire a crew of people to constantly just go around and clean the beaches, how many people do you think we would need to keep the beaches relatively clean? I like your realistic scenarios you give him. This is like the three albums. <laughs> another, another, another thing with the $10 million is besides getting people to help volunteer and clean up, what would you do with the $10 million if Surfrider Foundation or somebody got it? You'd have to yeah, pay, pay the employees for it. And I would think you'd need <laughs> genuinely uh, over 100 people on the island continuously doing it. Continuously and doing it's not it. like you can just pull it all out at once like there's people are still gonna litter the stuff's still gonna be coming in from the ocean so just a crew that would constantly just go around and just like like a beach cleanup crew yeah beach cleanup crew start at Waikiki start walking and go all the way around the island (laughs) walk around the island picking up rubbish not in the same day you know you go from Waikiki (laughs) to you know wherever this day and then from this day you just keep going now around until you get all around (laughs) that'd be a long process Yeah. yeah it would right but I don't know to me it'd be worth it more than rail <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. It yeah. costs way less money. Yeah, it costs less money. The beach Plus, you may find clean. a boat or yeah. you know, do you, bridge you can do, use. Do you think um, now that you're reaching out to people on social media, you're gravitating to um, more the demographics of more of a younger generation getting involved? Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of our, I think from like the beginning, it's been a, a younger demographic because I wanted to focus on the education side because I believe that's the most impactful thing we can do. So if I had that like ten million dollars, I would use that again towards education and towards like passing bills because mm-hmm. that's how you're going to make changes through educating people. So through the curriculum we had like created it, uh, working with like younger kids. That's where uh, I think we've gotten that younger generation to get more involved in. Not that the older generation doesn't care, but I think the younger is much more conscious and aware of it yeah and they see it so they're, they're active too yeah. yeah they're willing to put well, they in can, the they can bend over and it. pick up something with a hundred <laughs> back you know what I mean this is true <laughs> oh uh, and then one other question relating to politics because you know I mean the last time we talked it was a different uh, group in leadership do you mm-hmm. feel like there is a change now that there's been a change it's Does it feel like kind of the same it's thing? It's new to tell, right? Yeah, well, it, it's I mean, new, it's but a it's pretty local, right? Like I don't know if there's a lot of federal uh, attention given to plastics in the water. Well, no, I mean not, not just that, but I mean we have a new, you know, we have a new city. Oh yeah, new mayor. Right? Mm-hmm. New mayor. We, uh, I mean, the governor's still the same, but I think the the intention of the people that are in charge also kind of helps move things along. And you, I mean, Surfrider is is global, so. You know your reach and um, the effect that you have on stuff it can be definitely you know uh, adjusted by the people that are in charge right and they make these changes without even really thinking about it mm-hmm. and then you guys are going um wait no that's not a good lot of change that's not a good thing to do because there's these other consequences that happen so I was just curious if, if you feel that happening at all or if it's like well still feels kind of like we're pushing a rock up a hill <laughs> I think it's always going to be yeah pushing yeah. something uphill yeah. um, you know because there's not a lot of money in, in say, taking plastics you got to make taking care of the environment there's yeah. just no money in there it isn't. <laughs> yeah yeah so it's, I think that's where it's tough right it's tough getting the funding for it um and then tough getting them to help pass laws because the people that want us to keep using plastic and that don't care about like their envir- impact, yeah. environmental impact, they have the money, right? They're yeah. the ones that can lobby with money, um, whereas we're just here fighting for our future and for this planet. But You're like, look at all this plastic. We got this out of the beach this morning mm-hmm. so maybe you need to did I hear wrong or do you have your pod, a podcast out right now too we uh, just started a podcast yeah, 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 yeah. you just promote it here sure yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called uh, Talk Trash with Kay and Ray <laughs> nice. so Kayla Brignac uh, she is a chemist and she's currently going for her masters right now um, in polymer science so learning more about Whoa. plastics uh, she is a brilliant individual really funny amazing character um, we're both kind of from the same part of Southern California, and we just had yeah, our first episode about a month ago. Uh, How can people find it? That. So we 
did it through Anchor, but we're on Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, YouTube. Few, yeah, YouTube, a few other handles oh. as well. Okay. Um, and you can find that same thing either through our website or through the Instagram handle. Okay. And both of those are seed.world. Yeah, John will post it on the description on his podcast. We, oh, hopefully, you. you know, we can help yeah. you yeah. get yeah. some ears. And, and whatever you do, don't follow our format because. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to help you. It's all just shooting from the hip. Yeah, I'm exactly. just trying to figure it Our out. Our format is there is no format. <laughs> Wait, okay, I got two last questions, mm-hmm. and then we're going to kick it off to the patrons. Number one, whatever happened to the bacteria that eat plastic and poop out oil? That's the little thing? Uh, people are still researching it, but again, that's something that can only be used in a controlled setting and on oh. like a smaller scale. It's not like we can just release this bacteria in the environment. No, no, but why don't we get all the plastic, we dump it in a big pot with bacteria, <laughs> let it permeate. Create mm-hmm. our own oil. And then you, you t- put the tap and just take the oil out? No? I'm not sure why, yeah, that hasn't uh, been done on a larger scale. Maybe they're still working out the kinks, but okay. in the future. Secondly... No alternative to the plastics. Like I know there's bamboo straws and there's metal yeah, straws. Yeah, talking about your straws. What is the yeah. best? There's nothing. It's really nothing a thing on the horizon. Really John can't handle the I, new I straws. I, I have a problem with those with the the takeout containers, man. Because if they get the wrong one, mm-hmm. dude, it just goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get it, and then it's just flat and wet. And like, eating ah. a pokeball out of a out of those flimsy cardboard rough, thing man. is they gotta fix that, man. I understand. Yeah, no, Ray, you I gotta, agree you with gotta you fix that, Ray. You gotta think it of something. It takes time, man. right? We need supply and demand yeah. to continue yeah. to like well, you increase would, on the demand side. You would think now with the with the the whole COVID thing. I mean, everybody was doing takeout. Mm-hmm. you had no choice. You had to go get takeout. So it's like. Can you guys work on that stuff now? <laughs> I, I get that it's probably more expensive to have a sturdier container, but I'm willing to pay like 30 extra cents per <laughs> plate lunch or whatever, you know, for the sturdier one versus uh, the one that just melts and, in your hand. And 10 cents more for apart. a good straw. Yeah. I would pay a dollar for a straw <laughs> <laughs> if I could get a good straw. You got bamboo straws, though. I thought you were buying some. Yeah. So I've been using the bamboo, but bamboo's okay, but it's just not. I don't know what I, I get. I still get the flavor of bamboo when I'm. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's just it's a, it's a straw right. you just eat after. So they have that. They actually rubbish. have it. It's just a it's a pasta straw. Yeah. So they um you can get it for people that need like have gluten allergies. They make rice pasta straws, mm. and it doesn't get flimsy. It doesn't uh, like break down or anything. You know, you can drink a hot or cold beverage and just eat it after. It still works. Yeah, you just eat it after. <laughs> and it doesn't cost you know much more. It's only like a like less than ten cents. It's not here in Hawaii yet, though, right? There's certain places that have them. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, and on that, that note, <laughs> that's a good that's a good place to go out on.